Amen. And so uh, I talked to one young man there. He was telling me about how, um, you know, he's like, you know, you move on to heavy anointing. I said, yeah. I said, that's one of the reasons why I had to really start to get my body in better shape. And I'm telling him, I said, hey, you do the same thing. Get your body in shape because to handle the anointing, especially this last day's anointing, we've got to really get our bodies in shape. Y'all hear me, singers? Y'all hear me, singers? You sing in the anointing, the Holy Ghost, when it, when, when, when it gets hot, okay, those who are going to minister in prayer and all the things that you do, teaching the word of God, we've got to get these bodies in, in alignment and listen to our bodies. I told my wife, I said, I, I felt myself, I knew I, I was, had been dehydrated the last few days and just, I, I like water. I'm speaking by faith still. I like water. I enjoy water. Amen. I enjoy water. Well, let's get into the word of God today. Praise God. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm, let me say this, because I see Miss Lucy here. Um, I, I thought she was going to testify the other night about um, and I know you're going to be leaving town here in a few days, but come, come tell us real quick. Y'all just keep standing. Just stand. Just take a quick, just one minute. Because she runs a significant ministry there in the Atlanta area, uh, Mary Hall Freedom House. Is that right? Freedom Village. That's right. It's more than a house. It's a whole village. So their mega ministry there, uh, ministering to uh, women, right? There's no men. It's just now it's anybody. Families too. Okay, come off here where they can see you on camera too. Um, and your ministry received a, a blessing here. I heard. Yes. Can you yes, tell them about sir. that? Ooh. All right. So I'm, I'm gonna do it quick. Uh, October of last year was my birthday. I was on my way down here, and the feds knocked on my door and changed my. Outcome, I flew to Portland where my son was. My son was on camera at that time because of the pandemic. They, the Fed said he threw a rock and hit an agent. And so I went out there and called my, my pastor's on speed dial. So I called my pastor when it happened, when they showed up at my house. That's Dr. Oliver, him and Mercedes' uh, son, brother. Um, nonetheless, he's on my speed dial. That's where I sit on the anointed. So I called him and I called my board chairman and they both got me lawyers. I flew out to Portland, got my son. He turned himself in. When he got out the next day, I said, let's go home. He said, I am home. I said, ooh, okay. That did something to my heart. So I got on the plane and came home and God told me sell my house. Uh, <laughs> sell my house and talk to a family who owns the Falcons, if you know anything about football. Talk to them about uh, moving into one of their houses and they're going to make you a millionaire. And I said, okay. And so I was obedient and I called up the husband and I told him. And he said, well, let's look at your finances. I said, okay. So I sent him over everything. He said, well, your finances, your paperwork's in better shape than most people I deal with. I said, okay. So lo and behold, he said, well, the wife said, well, there's somebody in the house, but you can move. They told me in August of this year that they were moving out and I can move in. So I put my house up for sale, um, house sold uh, to Dedisha, the woman who was with me last week. Um, when she came, she said to me, God told me to tell you to sell me this house for $100,000 less. 
she didn't know that the Kanakarises had already given me $100,000 personally. That that same family had given me a personal check with my name on it for $100,000, okay? I literally called my pastor again because um, it was like, whoa, nobody had ever written me a check, Pastor John, with my name on it for $100,000, you hear me? And this woman now comes to my house and says, God says, sell me the house for $100,000 left. She didn't know I just received $100,000. So I'm going to be obedient. Did what God said, told her that house for $100,000, went to move into their house. So October, one year later, I am now preparing to go on my 60th birthday journey. I was driving up the coast and stuff like that. And again, that same family called me back and said, Sister Lucy, we need your capital campaign account because now I'm, I'm purchasing a family service center up in New York. I mean, up in Georgia. Wow. And I said, okay, I gave it to them. And so I went on my journey, forgot all about it. And probably around the 8th or the 10th, I'm sitting in my office of October. And my uh, person who writes our grants came in and she said, well, they want an update of who's given thus far. I said, oh, the Kanakaris has told me to let them know what my account was. Well, let me just check with fiscal. And the woman from fiscal came in my office and she said, can I interrupt your meeting? I said, sure, what's up? She said, um, there's a million dollars in our account. I've been trying to get down here because on camera, I remember watching Sister Girl ring that bell, and I'm sorry, sir. <laughs> I've, been, I've, been, when, I've been coming down here to ring the bell ever since. Because you're talking about debt free? You want to ring that bell? I'm Because it's like, whoo, Jesus, I got to share. I call Sadie and I text Kim every time. I've been trying to get back to St. Pete. And literally, I just recently purchased a home here in St. Pete. Joe is helping me to renovate it. Sadie has helped me to bless it. Pastor Kim and John, y'all are invited to come bless it. They will. Um, yesterday when we were in here praying, the Lord told me four times to take this woman and tell her to take me home. LaShonda, and, and since I've been coming here, and so I said to her, God told me to tell you to take me home. <laughs> and so she did. And so I shared with her some of what I've shared because God has said to her a long time ago, you need to do something. And she's been procrastinating. And she needed to hear that. And, and you, this is what I'm going to say to this ministry and to this man of God. When your faith gets there, he's going to give you what you shall have. Come on, give God a praise about all. Wow. Wow. Come on, double up that. Double up, double up. Those are big, that's a, a billion dollars is big in, in ministry. 
fact, it's funny, the Durbers, when they were here last, uh, this last time, they told us about another ministry that we're very familiar with, the McNulty's, who uh, they were on the verge of basically losing all their property. Just, uh, I shouldn't say losing it. The city, they were supposed to have done some renovations, and they had no money, and the city's going about to shut them down. And they look up one day, and they got a $1.4 million check. This is around the same time. So that's, that means the body of Christ was moving into the million flow. Even more so. Can you believe God to do that in your life? You can say, Lord, let's start out with a $100,000 check. Let's start out with a $100,000 check for you. Would that, would that be a blessing to everybody, a $100,000 check for you? Be it unto me in Jesus' name. All right, grab your Bible, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I just, I just thought we better, I better get that in before we uh, miss it. Amen. God's doing great things. All right, 2 Corinthians 4, are you there? We're going to go to one verse, verse 15. Verse 15, when you get there, say amen. amen. All right, let's all read together. Ready, read. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of of God. So grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound. This morning I want to use on a very simple subject, on a very simple message if you allow. Thank God for his grace. Thank God for his grace. Just say, Lord, thank you for your grace. Father, we thank you today for your grace. Thank you for your love. Thank you for your kindness. And we thank you for your word. Thank you for the opportunity we have now to hear and receive that which you, which you have to say. I ask that, Father, that you give me clarity of thought, clarity of speech, oh God. Give every one of your people clarity of understanding so that, God, what is spoken from heaven above may be received clearly by every one of us. And I pray, Father, that you will confirm your word with signs following in our lives and that, God, this atmosphere will be clear for the word of God to flow. Let the word of God flow freely and be glorified among your people, we pray in Jesus' name. So be it. Amen. Amen. And amen. All right, you may take your seats. Thank God for his grace. For all things are for your sakes. All things are for your sakes. It says all things are for your sakes. That grace, having spread through the many, may cause, now what's going to cause it? Grace may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of of God. All right. Now, we're going to really close it out today, I believe, this issue about this teachings on grace. And I was been so grateful to hear people, uh, people have commented to me about um, how this, this ministry, this teaching has been a blessing to them, understanding the grace of God. And we started out in 2 Corinthians 9, 14 and 15, back on the first Sunday of this month, talking about how uh, Paul said, talked about the exceeding grace of God, 2 Corinthians 9, 14, the exceeding grace of God in you. So there's something powerful in you, and it's called the exceeding grace of God. In verse 15, he describes this exceeding grace as the indescribable gift. So God has given every one of us the indescribable gift that we call, we summarize as grace. Amen? Now, I'm just reviewing here. Review is preview. The grace we define... Uh, for our purposes, as divine enablement. Divine enablement. Grace is divine enablement. It is God's ability to gift. Okay? It's the power from God 
to perform beyond natural ability. It's the power of God to perform beyond natural ability. So grace, if you allow this, makes you superhuman. Hallelujah. God has put us here as superheroes. You didn't say anything about that. You are superheroes. Not fake superheroes, not mythical superheroes, not cartoon superheroes, but real superheroes. We're not mere men. We're not, you're not mere women. You are supernatural people. Amen? Why? Because something is inside of you called exceeding grace. What's your power? It's grace. You know, that, that's what they used to ask every, every superhero. Hey, what's your power? Remember Spider-Man could shoot out the web and see, I, I, this all this cartoony Marvel stuff, I don't know anything about. I grew up in the original, original Spider-Man, Superman, and Batman. Batman when they had pow, bam. The original Wonder Woman. I used to like Wonder Woman, boy. I had a little crush on Wonder Woman. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord. But you have power. So tell your neighbor, you have power. It's called grace, exceeding grace into you. That grace gives you enough, more than enough, to overcome any situation in any area of your life. Okay? Whether it's financial, whether it's physical, whether it's mental, whether it's uh, relational, there's enough grace on the inside of you to overcome absolutely every situation. Can you say amen? Now, we've learned, again, that by grace, we reign in life, and nothing in our lives should ever rule over us. By grace, we reign in life, and nothing in our lives should ever rule over us. Okay? We looked at Romans 5, 17, where Paul says, those, much more, those who receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through Jesus Christ, or through Christ Jesus. Okay? Now, in the, in the Passion Translation, I'd like you to look at that in the Passion Translation for that same verse. It says this, Death once held us in its grip, and by the blunder of one man, death reigned as king over humanity. But now, how, uh, how much more are we held in the grip of grace and continue reigning as kings in life? You see that? We are held in the grip of grace. Right? And continue reigning as kings in life, enjoying what? Our regal freedom through the gift of perfect righteousness in the one and only Jesus, the Messiah. Y'all got this here. So we reign in life as kings. So nothing in life reigns over us. So if you've ever been addicted, if you've ever been oppressed, if you've ever been overcome, if you've ever been overwhelmed by anything, then you are thankful for the grace of God. I only got a few of you. If you've ever been addicted, you're thankful for the grace of God. If you've ever been overwhelmed, if you've ever been overcome, then you are thankful for the grace of God. Because if it had not been for his grace, you would have still been, come on, addicted. You would have still been overwhelmed. You would have still been overcome. You would have still been oppressed. 
but grace came along, the power of God came along, and you didn't get delivered on your own. You didn't stop smoking and drinking and cussing and tipping and sipping and tripping on your own. The grace and the power of God. And remember now, held in the grip of grace, and we continue reigning. So there are people who stop smoking or stop whatever, whatever, whatever for a while. But they don't continue because they're doing it by willpower. That's the difference. What willpower does is it gives you a limited amount of freedom. But willpower will run out. What you and I need is the power like a priest on Friday night, of the Holy Ghost. We need the power of God's grace. We need God's ability on the inside of us. Are y'all hearing me today? You know, there are, there are people, not, not just sinners, but people. there are people who are believers who still struggle in areas. And they may struggle in silence, and people may not know it, but you know it yourself. We know, we know it ourselves when we have struggles. I said we know it ourselves when we have struggles. I'm looking for people on this side. Y'all got it. We know it ourselves that we have struggles. People over here will sleep on that part of it. It's a sleepy side, you said? That's a sleepy side. And what happens is if you try to stop or overcome those struggles with your own power, it, it might last a day, it might last a week, might last a month, might last a year. But that's why they're having what, what the world calls relapse. Because with the relapse, your power ran out. Or, or you ran into a situation that triggered your emotions, that triggered something, and, and it pushed you right back into that situation. But you and I, by grace, continue reigning. Somebody shout, I'm still reigning. I'm still reigning. When you, when you continue reigning, you stop counting how many days. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So you're thankful for God's grace. How many of y'all thankful for God's grace? We've also discovered that it's the grace of God that gives us power over the flesh and freedom from sin. The grace of God gives us power over the flesh, come on now, saints, and freedom from sin, not willpower, not mental assent. Thank you, Lord. You know, in, 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 in the soul, in your soul, your natural human soul, there is an element, there's, there's an amount of power. We see people do it with metaphysical teaching and people get into where they walk on hot coals lay on a bed of nails. Come on now. They do these uh, naturally uh, crazy, impossible, seemingly impossible things with, with their own, uh, the power that's resident in the human soul. And so there's an element of that, but that can't take you beyond. That can't take you over. What's going to give us power over our own flesh is the grace of God. Power and freedom from sin. Glory to God is the grace of God. 
Romans 6 verse 14. Can I keep reviewing here? Romans 6 14 says, for sin shall not have dominion over you. So the implication is those who are not saved, sin has dominion over them. They, they, they can't help it. No matter how much they try, they can't help it. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under law, but under grace. Say, I'm under grace. So grace isn't about freedom to do things. It's about the freedom not to do things. Oh, that, that's worth repeating. Grace isn't about the freedom to do things. It's about the freedom not to do things. Hallelujah. I'm free not to do that. What's happening in the body of Christ is we've taken what's called grace and we've turned it into lasciviousness. So the Bible says that people take the grace of God and turn it into lasciviousness or uh, King James, I think, says licentiousness. New King James, licentiousness. What it really is is lack of control. They take the grace of God and turn it into lack of control where I'm free to do whatever I want to. But they don't understand that is actually bondage. Sin is bondage. So what grace is really all about is not freedom to do what I want. It's freedom not to do what I want. Grace allows you, grace says I could do it, but I won't. Do me a favor, do me a favor. Put up, put 1 Corinthians 6.12 up in the, in the New King James. Put 1 Corinthians 6.12 up in the New King James. I know you're going to different translation, but go to the New King James. Look at what it says here. He says, all things are lawful for me. All things. Y'all realize that? All things are lawful. We're not un under the law now. So there are things that you and I can do now. You can, you can do it. You're not going to hell for it. Things that we, we may consider the body of Christ, man, that's, that's sin. It's not, not everything people call sin is sin. Can y'all accept that? Because <laughs> all things are lawful for me. But all things are not helpful. So your neighbor, it might be lawful, but it's not helpful. It might be good to you, but it's not good for you. It's not helpful. It doesn't help you. Sure, you can do it. You're not going to help. It just doesn't help you. Now, I, I've, I've kind of figured if things don't help, I don't want to be bothered. And chances are if they don't help, they might be harmful. Come on now. I mean, you, 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 you can go and watch all the movies you want to. You're not going to sin for watching movies. I mean, you're not going to hell for watching movies. I say, you're not going to hell for watching movies. You're not going to hell because you listen to all them cuss words and all the music. You're not going to hell for that. But it's not helpful. And it's not, if it's not helpful, it's harmful. Even if it doesn't keep you out of heaven, it'll keep heaven out of you. It'll keep you from experiencing the fullness of God on this earth. I know some of y'all, you might not want to hear this part here, but this isn't my message. Let me get back on the message. Uh, can I, okay, because it says, so all things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And what the, what the devil wants to do is take things 
that are lawful and bring you under its power. Because once he brings you under its powerful, it's not just not helpful, it is now harmful. It's gone from not helpful to harmful. To the point now you can't control yourself, it's now harmful. To the point you're choosing that over the word of God, help me somebody. Well, you much rather listen to that kind of music than gospel music? Music that's going to that's gonna edify and build you up? Come on now. It's not sin to watch television, but you much rather do that than get in the word of God? See, if you get brought on its power, it's going from not helpful to harmful. I don't know if I don't know if y'all really like that part. I'm just sensing y'all don't really like that part. Well, I can do whatever I want to. Great. I say I cannot do whatever I want to. I'm not going to judge you, but don't you judge me for not. Because I use my grace to not do it. For example, for example, if uh, I'm going to use somebody here who's, uh, okay, I'm going to use Brother Joe. Brother Joe, because he, he talks about sometimes that Tabasco, that, that Italian blood kind of rise up. If, if Joe came up and, and just punched you in the mouth, digging Rob, just punched you in the mouth. Now, you, you, you figure you could just come back and just go to town, right? You just go to town. But to not do that takes restraint. A normal person would do it. A normal person would go ahead and just break open a can of whoop on them. You know what I'm saying? But, but a person with grace says, I could, but I won't. I'm going to turn the other cheek. Now, don't, don't, I, that's, all, that's my last one. That's my, I don't know how, okay? It's my last one. Now, put up 1 Corinthians 6, 12. Media, please go to the CEV, Contemporary English Version. Look at this same verse. I got I to speed up here. Watch what it says in the CEV, in the CEV. Some of you say we can do anything we want to. But I tell you, not everything is good for us. Watch this. So I refuse to let anything have power over me. It's okay if you say that, fine. But I refuse to let anything have power over me. And if you just dibble-dabble with it, the devil is going to let you keep dibble-dabbling until you can't help but dibble-dabble until you're fribble-frabble and now you'll unravel and now you're stuck in and now you just, 
I don't know how I got way on out here. Because the devil will always take you farther than you plan to go. Keep you longer than you wanted to stay. And it'll cost you more than you were willing to pay. I didn't plan on, I ain't plan on, you know. Thank you, Lord. So if, again, if you got to refuse to let anything have power. Refuse to let any activity have power. Refuse to let any craving have power. Refuse to let anybody have power. Let anything dominate your soul and your, your body, your family, your finances. Your finances, your life. I refuse. So if you used to be a sinner or if you might even be a struggling saint, or you used to be a struggling saint, then you're thankful for the grace of God. Say thank you for the grace. <laughs> I, 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 I wouldn't have brought it up except it just came up in my spirit to say it again. I've told you all very clearly, because I, I, one thing I know about is telling the stuff, that way the devil can't hold stuff over your head. I told y'all how even as a, as a saint, a God, a child of God, I used to struggle with pornography. You, yes, I used to struggle with it. That's why I'm so adamant with the men about, hey, stay away from that stuff. Y'all ain't saying much, but I'm telling the truth. Y'all ain't saying much. Y'all just going to talk about pastor over dinner today. You're going to talk about pastor. You're a pastor, said. I said I used to until I understood I could access a grace because I tried to stop on my own. I'm going to come over here. I tried to stop on my own. Ain't none of y'all hear me. I'm going to go back to the back. I tried to stop on my own and I couldn't. Every time you go a few days, you, you feel good about yourself. You make it a few days because you feel good. Make it, a, make it a couple weeks, you feel real good. All of a sudden, wham, here comes the devil with some image, some. Am I talk, who am I talking to here? And you go, oh, Lord. But once you discover there's a power that comes to you from God that if you would access his grace you can now stand by faith we have access into this grace in which we stand how you gonna stand against pornography grace how you gonna stand against marijuana Drinking yourself into a stupor. How you gonna stand when you got your body is telling you you need something, you need something. And the devil comes along even in your dream life and tells you, reminds. 
remind you of how good it was. By faith access is grace in which we stand. That's why I can stand before you right now with a clear conscience. That I'm not struggling. I'm not battling. I'm an overcomer. I'm a winner because the grace of God is in me and it was in an exceeding grace. So the grace became more powerful than my craving. I'm trying to help somebody. The grace of God is more powerful than your yearning, than your desire. Exceeding grace. So I don't wait till the fourth Thursday of Thanksgiving. Every day I say, God, thank you. Just thank you for your grace. Just shout it, thank you for your grace. Somebody who's been delivered, say thank you for your grace. Somebody who God has set you free, say thank you for your grace. Somebody who's experienced a victory in your life, want to say, God, thank you for your grace. Now give God a big praise right now. Seating in me. Have a seat. Have a seat. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once, I said, I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind. Amazing grace shall always be song of praise. For it was grace that bought my liberty. I do not know just why he came to love me so, but he looked beyond all of my faults. You better tell you that he looked beyond all your faults. He looked beyond all of my faults. And he saw my need. He knew I needed a savior. He knew I needed a messiah. I needed a healer. I needed a provider. I needed a way maker. I needed a friend. I needed a father. I needed a doctor. I needed a lawyer. He looked beyond all of my faults and saw my need. And I shall forever lift my to Calvary to view the cross. Well, Jesus died for me. How marvelous his grace that caught my falling soul. He looked beyond. My soul was falling. I dare you to punch a neighbor in the chest. If, don't, don't do it. Don't do that. Tell him he caught your soul. He caught you. He caught you. Tell him he caught you slipping. He caught you slipping. He caught you falling. If it had not been for the Lord on your side, you wouldn't be here right now. If it hadn't been for God on your side, you would be in your right mind right now. If it hadn't been for God saving you when that car 
car hit you, when that bullet came at you, when that party broke out, if it had not been his grace, somebody ought to give God a shout if you know that. Thank God for his grace. I can't wait till I got a turkey. I got to thank God for his grace right now. Can't wait till I got dressed and I thank God for his grace right now. Lord, you know you've been so good. Sit down. Sit down. You know you didn't keep yourself. You know you didn't deliver yourself. You know you didn't protect yourself. If you think that, you got life bent. Tell you what, if you think that, you keep on doing it. <laughs> I know it was the Lord. That brought me out. All right, now, now we saw Wednesday night. <laughs> you didn't even heal yourself. gives me power over the flesh. Freedom from sin. 
Some of y'all, you've been saved too long. You've been saved too long because you forgot. Some of y'all, you've been perfect too long because you forgot. But some of y'all, you've been saved just a little while. You remember. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. My soul looks back in wonder. I'm going to tell you how. Grace. Trust grace that brought me safe thus far. And I'm not going to go back to my works. No, grace shall lead me home. Y'all sit down. Sit down. All right, let's, let's, let's get in here. Sir. All right, now. We saw Wednesday night that wherever there is a deficiency in our lives, grace makes up the difference. Wherever there is deficiency in our lives, grace makes up the difference. Wherever I'm short, wherever I'm inadequate, wherever there is some incompetency in me, grace makes up the difference. I couldn't stand before you here today just on my own abilities. You wouldn't, you better listen to this. You, you wouldn't be living how you're living except by God's grace. And I share with you how grace is a rest. Remember in Hebrews uh, 4, 9 through 11, we talked about, it says, therefore remaineth a rest for the people of God. It says, everyone who is entered into that rest has ceased from his own works even as God has ceased from his own, from his works. And I, I paraphrase, it says, everyone who's, who's now accessed that grace has ceased from his works. If you've accessed that grace, you've ceased from your works. The 11th verse goes on to say, so be diligent then to enter into that rest. Or I said, be diligent to access that grace. Grace is a rest. It's a rest where you are totally reliant upon the power of God. When you, when you swim, you learn how to back float and so, so forth. You lie out on one of those lounges in the pool. You don't lie on the, on the lounger and be doing that. You just lie on the lounger. You just rest. You, you trust the lounger to hold you up. You rest. You know, a floater, whatever they call those things, and grace allows you to float. Somebody going to step into this this season. Grace allows you to float. On the restless seas of time. Grace lets you float. On the restless seas of life. Grace lets you float when, all, when there's all kind of chaos. It lets you float. You stop fighting. What happens? You know, when you fight, what happens? 
You're going to drown. You know why? Because you're expending energy. When you're fighting, you're expending energy. So they t- just relax. Relax. Yeah, that, that's good. Matthew eleven twenty-eight in the message. Matthew eleven twenty-eight in the message. And it's going to bunch it all together, 28, 9, 29, and 30. We're going to try to read it. I might have to turn around and read it. Matthew 11, 28, 29, and 30 in the Message Bible. I can read it. Are you tired? Somebody tell the truth. Are you tired? Now, I know that's not a great faith confession. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion or the system? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real I'll show you how to take a real rest. I'm just going on vacation. You you go on vacation worried. I just need, need to rest tonight. You go to go to bed and wake up still tired because you, all night you've been re, you've been wrestling, not resting. Has it ever happened to anybody here? You went to bed and got up tired? Why? Because your, your soul was still wrestling. Went on vacation, came back more tired than you were when you left, and the problem's still there because you were wrestling the whole time. He said, come away with me. He said, I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Some of the some of the best the best music some of the best music is just that. That's why I'm, I'm like you know a jazz guy. I don't need no heavy metal. I don't, I don't need no rap. I don't need no head banging stuff. Just nice. It's unfortunate rhythm. And that's what he said, this is what grace is all about. It's unforced rhythms. It's just you resting. He says, I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Thank you. That's good. That's good. That's good. Now, let's go back. Here's the scripture we went over Wednesday night. Oh, man, I got to speed up. Hebrews 4.16, Amplified. says, let us then fearlessly and confidently and boldly draw near to the throne of grace. This is what Brother Eduardo was talking about. That we may receive, well, let me, let me read it here. Throne of grace, the, the throne of God's unmerited favor to us sinners. Now, that, that doesn't apply because we're not sinners. I got that. That we may receive mercy for our failures and find grace to help in good time for every need. Now, here's the part we we're talking about. Appropriate help and well-timed help coming just when we need it. So God knows how to give us the appropriate help, the right help, and well-timed. So God knows exactly what we need and exactly when we need it. Everything is beautiful in its season and its time. So he's going to bring us exactly what we need when we need it. Okay? 
We used to say back in the old days, he may not come when you want him, but he's always on time. Okay? So God will do that. All right? So if you've ever experienced that where God brings you the right help, then you're, you're thankful for his grace. Remember, this is where we get this help from, the throne of grace. There were times God made a way for you out of no way. Open a door when there was no door. And some of you might have been late in the midnight hour. God turned things around in the nick of time. Past the deadline. You wish God had come through on day one, but he waited till day 33. They told you only had 30 days, and thir day 33, here he comes. Lord, where you been? I've been here all the time. But you need to let patience have a perfect work. So you can be whole and entire, lacking nothing. So we're thankful for his grace. All right, now. So when you and I live on the benefits of grace, then we'll always be thankful. We'll always be thankful. This is what my message is today about. It's about being thankful. This is Thanksgiving week, and some of you all may not see Tuesday. I'm not preaching Tuesday anyway. <laughs> I got some great young men that's going to preach Tuesday night. It's going to be a powerful night Tuesday. Um, but when you understand the grace of God, it makes you thankful. When you understand that it wasn't you, it was God, you'll be thankful. See, if you make the, the mistake of somehow giving yourself all the glory and all the credit, then you won't ever be thankful. In fact, let me also add this to you here. Uh, if we get over into the dangerous area of an entitlement mindset, that's what is so dangerous in our, in our nation, among young people and among people who've been used to government handouts and everything or whatever, you become an entitlement kind of person and you think everybody's just supposed to do something for you. Hello? And that's just not how the world works. You know nobody owes you anything. And I am certain that God doesn't owe us anything. If anybody in the relationship owes anything, I said, if anybody owes anything, it's me. Thank God he gave us the gift of salvation, the gift of righteousness, the gift of the Holy Ghost. So in reality, he says, you don't owe me anything. But Father, I just, I just, I just give it to you because I'm so thankful. I love you. And I appreciate where you brought me from. I appreciate what you've done in my life. I know that last night while my family slumbered and slept, all kind of things happened around me. I know that while you and I slept, the devil had plans to kill you while you slept last night, and here you are. While you drove in your car this week, the devil had planned to kill you. And you got to see that you didn't keep yourself. Back when I was a younger guy, I was uh, 16. 16, I got my first car. And um, that was uh, not that we were wealthy, but having my, my father passed away, 
And um, so I got a car that was in the driveway. And so that car, I, when I got it, uh, one of the first things I did was wrecked it. <laughs> and so I, I wrecked this car. It's a Pontiac Grand, Grand Am, 1986. Remember that gr little blue car? I, I wrecked the car. And so when I wrecked it, uh, now, I'm saying I wrecked it. I didn't feel like it was my fault. <laughs> but the man didn't see it that way. The man said it was my fault. The man. <laughs> so I was, I was blessed with the ticket and that fault. And so as a result, they told me, they said, here's what you do. If you want to, you know, cut your points in half, go to a class called defensive driving class. How many ever heard that? So I sign up to go to, to go to defensive driving class. So one night I'm driving to the defensive class, and guess what I do with the car I'm borrowing? I wrecked that one. I finally arrive at the class. The guy says, oh, Mr. Anderson, you're late. Why are you late? You're not going to believe it, sir. I'm 16. I say, you're not going to believe it. No, tell me, why are you late? I got in an accident on the way to the defensive driving classes. I had another accident. You got in an accident on the way to the defensive cl driving class that you're coming to because you had another accident. Yep. But I learned a lot in that defensive driving class. I learned, I learned, I listened because by the, by the time you get in two accidents at 16, you listen. And they were both my fault. And so I'm listening, and I'm learning. Okay, and I learned, here's the things you got to do to protect yourself. But you know, I've had a few accidents since then. Now, these other ones have not been my fault. I'm sure. I'm sure the other ones haven't been my fault. I didn't get the ticket. I didn't get anything. They were not my fault. But my defensive driving did not keep other folk from hitting me. I'm trying to tell you, I don't care how careful you are. I don't care if you eat right and walk eight miles a day. You are not keeping yourself alive. Oh, y'all ain't gonna say much. I'm gonna myself. I don't care what you do. I don't care how many locks. You got a padlock, a dead boat, three dead boats, chain slide chains, a two by four propped up against the door and a dog. You are not keeping yourself at night. And an alarm. And a pistol under your pillow. That's all wonderful. But that ain't keeping you. God is keeping you. So when you understand the power of God and God's ability in your life, then you become a very thankful person. 1 Corinthians 15, verse 10, Paul said this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. I didn't, I didn't waste it. Said, but I labor more abundantly than they all, yet not I. It wasn't really me working. It was the grace of God which was with me. It was the grace of God. So no matter how many accolades you get, 
No matter what you achieve, no matter how many accomplishments you have, understand it's not you, baby. It's the grace of God on the inside of you that's giving you the power and the ability to excel beyond normal people. So everything I have is a result of God's grace. Said everything I have, everything I am is a result of God's grace. Now listen, if you and I do that, it will keep us humble. It'll keep us from ever being, being haughty and prideful. It'll keep us humble. And what happens as a result of us being humble? Well, let's look at what James says. James 4 verse 6. If you and I stay humble, he, he does something. James 4 verse 6 says, but he gives more grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives what? Grace. To who? He gives what? Grace. To who? Grace. He gives what? Grace. To who? Who does he resist? The proud. the proud. The proud man is the one that doesn't give God the glory. The one that says, look what my fields have done. I will tear down these old barns and build new barns. Look what I have done. Look at all my accomplishments. Look at all my achievements. No, by the grace of God, I am what I am. And if I stay humble, then he gives more grace. Now, wait a minute. I am what I am by his grace. So his grace, his ability made me what I am. If I stay humble, he gives more grace, which means he makes me more than what I am back there. And when I recognize that I am now what I am now because of his grace, I stay humble, and he's going to keep giving me So then with more grace, I'm going to go higher than I was back Y'all better catch this, y'all better catch this here. So the way I go higher is I stay low. The way I increase is I stay low. The way I get more is I stay low. That no matter what I achieve, no matter what I have, I continuously give God the glory. Bless the Lord at all times, his praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make her boast in the Lord. Not boasting myself. Don't boast in yourself. Then the humble will hear of it and be glad. Magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. I didn't do this, baby. I know you're cute. I know, I know you're smart. But you didn't make you who you are. We are his people, the sheep of his pastor. It is he that has made us. Don't ever become a fool and say I'm a self-made millionaire. Now, some of y'all, you're going to be millionaires real soon. But don't let anybody tell you and have you going around saying you're a self-made millionaire. It is he that has made us and not we ourselves. Because if you start thinking that you made you, you made yourself what you are. You are getting into pride, and pride goes before destruction and a heart and spirit before a fall. So you'll fall from where you are. You'll fall from grace. But grace is going to keep rising you up, raising you up, 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 up. A year from now, you're going to look back and say, boy, this has been a year of grace. 
Look what the Lord has done. Look what the Lord has done. All right. Thank you, Lord. So, now watch this. So what's happening then, the more grace God releases in your life, the more things manifest in your life then, the more thankful you'll be if you realize it's grace. So what we're trying to get at here from this scripture, what we're going to see here, is that grace causes thanksgiving. Grace causes thanksgiving. In our main text in 2 Corinthians 4.15, we're almost done here. It says, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Do you see that? Paul lets the church know that everything that he's been given, everything he's done has been for their sakes. Everything he's endured has been for their sakes. He's not doing this for himself. That, remember I showed you how grace doesn't just come for you to bless you, but grace comes to work through you for others. So because Paul endured by grace, it became a blessing to them. In fact, go back to verse 7, and, and let's look at that in the CEV. This is a scripture y'all know very well. We are troubled on every side, yet not perplexed. Y'all know that, right? I said y'all know that, right? Okay, look at, look at this in the CEV. 2 Corinthians 4, verse 7 through 9 in the CEV. He says, we are like, like clay jars in which this treasure is stored. The treasure being the ministry, okay? He said, the real power, the real power, grace, comes from God and not from us. Next verse. We often suffer, but because of grace. Y'all missed it. But because of grace. We are never crushed. How many of y'all have, have suffered in your life? You're not crushed. It wasn't because I'm a resilient person. It's because of grace, baby. Truth be told, you almost lost your mind. You were that close. And grace came along and scooped you up. No, we ain't going to do that. Truth be told, you truthful almost quit on God. You almost turned and went back. I know I'm telling the truth, Michelle. Thank you. And Grace came along at the right time and said, no, 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 no. You're not going to do that. So we offer something, but because of Grace, we're never crushed. Even when we don't know what to do, because of Grace, we never, tell you never, never give up. I almost let go, but I didn't. I would have fainted. Except I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord. See? So people who understand and walk in grace never give up. Ladies and gentlemen, we went through a year, a year and a half of, of trial and, and tribulation, and there's more to come. But no matter what comes, you and I will never give up. In times of trouble, verse, verse uh, 9, 
in times of trouble, God is with us, and we are knocked down. When we, when we are knocked down because of grace, and just, I'm just going to do a quick survey. Anybody here ever been knocked down? You've been knocked down. Tell the truth. You've been knocked down. And look at you. Look at you. You got back up again. What you went through, you thought it was going to kill you, but it, it didn't kill you. If the devil could have killed you, he would have killed you by now. But you didn't. And he couldn't because grace came along. And you got back up again. When we are knocked down. So I guess, I, listen, this is, this is not good news. This has got, the first part isn't good news, but the other part is good news. You probably will get knocked down again. You notice he didn't say when we were. He says when we are. Something's going to come along from the devil that's going to knock you down. But you're going to say, I might be down, but I'm not out. One. Two. Three. Four. And you start... You get yourself up off that mat. Okay. Okay. I'm still here. I'm still alive, baby. I ain't going to quit. You might have knocked me down, but you didn't knock me out. Now I'm going to come at you with everything I have. Grace is going to get me through this here. Somebody shout, thank God for his grace. Shout it again, thank God for his grace. Now sit down, sit down, let me finish this, let me finish, I got five minutes here. Finish this in five minutes, then I'll let you go. So grace is what's going to keep you. It's what's kept you thus far. It's going to keep you when the next storm hits, the next trial, tribulation hits your life, it's going to be grace. Don't resort back to your own intellect. All right, verse 15 again, the New King James. For all things, so all the stuff that Paul went through and endured, for all things are for your sakes. Thank you, Lord. I can say that as your pastor. All things I went through and I endured are for your sakes. I can tell you I wanted to quit many times. Some of y'all don't even care. I can tell you. There were times I would sit there and I would say, God, this pastor message for the birds. I actually would say it out of my mouth. God, this pastor message for the birds. God, you can have this. You can have this. Ain't nobody got time for the dealing with people's attitudes and people all feelings. And I ain't nobody got time for that. And got And I, I tried to give God his little church back. You can take his back. Yeah, it is. I ain't lying. I'm not, I'm not lying. I'm not exaggerating. I'm not embellishing. I'm telling the truth. I just straight up told God, this is for the birds. You can have this back. But something down in me said, go ahead. He 
saying don't preach no more, Jeremiah said, but his word was like fire. Shut up in my bones. When I wanted to throw in the towel, Grace said, no, you're not going to do it. I'm going to give you a little boost. Boom. Get you over this little hump. Get you past this little rut. Get you, la get you past this little bout of depression you're in. Y'all come closer now. Get you past this little bout of depression. I know none of y'all have been through that, but get you past this little bout of depression that you're in. And he said, it's all for your sakes. It's all for your sakes. It's all for your sakes. Why? That grace, having spread through the many. So Paul said, I'm walking in a grace, but I need this grace that I'm walking in to spread to the many. In John 1, it says, Jesus Christ, he came full of grace and truth. And of his fullness, we have all received. And grace for grace. He came full of grace and truth. And of his fullness have we all received. And grace for grace. So he came walking in a grace. But because of what he endured, when they crushed him, when they pierced his side, when they nailed his hands, when they put a crown of thorns on his head, when he endured all the affliction and all the ostracism and all the, all the criticism that he dealt with, it was so that the grace in him would spread to the many. So Paul says here, 2 Corinthians 4.15, for all things are for your sakes, that grace, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's why I always tell my spiritual parents how thankful I am for all that they endured. Their testimonies of going through rough times with no job and miracle after miracle after miracle and, and walking away from friends and family and being picked on and put out and they went through all that. So that grace. Now watch, let me show you this here. I'm going to show you an example of what Paul, how this is written. In, in Philippians 1, 6 and 7, Philippians 1, 6 and 7. Do me a favor, switch to the King James. Switch, switch, switch to the King James. Let me go right here. So I want to see this here. Y'all got a couple more minutes? Yes, sir. Okay, hurry up now. Watch what he says. Paul says, being, he's talking to the church of Philippi here. He says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you, the passage translation says, begun this gracious work in you. So he's saying this work that's begun in you is a work of grace. And you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, until Jesus comes, God's going to keep this work in you. He's going to keep working in you. Philippians 1, verse 11 and 12 and 13, I think it's 11 and 12, talks about that it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. So work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Watch this. So he, he's going to work this work of grace in you until the day of Jesus Christ. Verse 7. Even as it is meet for me to think this of you all, because I have you in my heart, I think this of you all, 
that God's completing his work in you all. This is why I think this, because I have you in my heart. He says, inasmuch as both in my bonds, in my rough time, he in prison, he's a prison, this is a prison letter, and in the defense and the confirmation of the gospel, ye all, watch this, are partakers of my grace. This is what, this is what I, if you look at my phone now, on my, for my home page, I got a button I hit that pulls up all, all of our partners. This is what I pray of our partners, that you all are partakers of our grace. Oh, well, you don't want your grace, that's why you ain't partnering. It's optional. It's not mandatory. It's not mandatory. But you ought to partake of somebody's grace. You need to partake of somebody's grace. Because the grace on all of us is much greater than the grace on any one of us. What gave Paul a boldness to say that you are partakers of my grace is what he told this church back here in Corinthians. I went through all this. I was squeezed. I was crushed to bring out this grace. You, you don't get the juice out of an orange just looking at it. You don't get tea out of tea leaves just looking at it. The tea leaves got to go through some hot water. And the hotter the water, the longer it stays, the stronger the tea. Some of y'all coffee drinkers in here know about that. You don't get the coffee out of the coffee bean by just looking at it, by clapping for it. That coffee bean got to go through some hot water, some steam, something to extract what's in it to get it on the outside. That's why Paul has said we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. So that grace that God put in Paul, Paul says you've become partakers of my grace. The same grace working in me, the same grace to stand, the same grace to endure, the same grace to, be, to, to go through all that I go through and still live, the same grace to get revelation, the same grace to get wisdom, the same grace to increase. He said you've become partakers of my grace. You know what happens when you become a partaker of my grace, Paul said? You get Philippians 4.19. He said, but my God, my, 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 my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. So this grace, Paul said, I went through what I went through so that this grace can spread to many. So watch this. God doesn't want the grace that's on my life just on my life. He needs this grace that's on my life to be all on your life. He wants it to spread to many. He wants you to know that he'll raise you up. He wants you to know he'll heal your body. He wants you to know that he'll keep you when you need to be kept. He wants you to know that he'll deliver you from pornography and addiction. He needs you to know it. He says here in 2 Corinthians 4.15, For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. He wants grace to spread through the many, that it may cause thanksgiving to abound. So when grace spreads, thanksgiving abounds. Wow. 
God wants more thanksgiving. He wants more thanksgiving. Yeah, he wants more thanksgiving all over the world. Not because he's conceited. It's he wants every man to know that he's a good God. Somebody say he's a good God. Now you know that, don't you? I say, you know that, don't you? Well, he wants the whole world to know he's a good God. He wants thanksgiving to spread to many. God wants all men to know and walk in the riches of his grace. In Titus 2, verse 11, says this, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. So that grace has appeared to who? All men. All men. Now, are all men saved? But his grace has appeared to all men. The grace that brings salvation. Now watch Ephesians 2 verse 7. Let's marry that with Ephesians 2 verse 7. Let's put it on the screen for us. Here's God's plan. That in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace. He wants to show the exceeding riches, not richness, riches. Not how much grace, but all that comes out of the grace. Exceeding riches of grace. In his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. So grace has appeared to all men. But only those of us, of us who are in Christ Jesus get to experience the exceeding riches of his grace. Do y'all understand that? Does everybody understand that? Let me help those who may not understand it. Do you understand God loves everybody? But he cannot demonstrate that love to everybody. Only those who are in a relationship with him, he can, he can flex that love. You understand that? Now, he loved the whole world, gave his only begotten son. We got that. But once you enter into a relationship, now he can demonstrate the fullness of of that love. Is that clear to you? So his grace has appeared to all men, but only those of us who are in Christ Jesus can he show the exceeding riches of his grace. Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Lord. It's like, it's like I might have a lot of friends deep. I can't let everybody into the vault. I think it's in Psalm 25, it says, the secret of the Lord is with those who fear him. And he will show them his covenant. Psalm 25, around verse 12, 14, somewhere around now, I'm not sure. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. Yeah, verse 14. The secret of the Lord is with those who fear him, and he will show them his covenant. So he'll, he, he loves everybody, but only those who walk with him can I, let me, let me, His grace appears to all, but when you and I walk in Christ, now you can, let me, let me show you something. Let me show you what I got for you. Take, take that. Take that blessing. Take, bless it. Take, take that, take that blessing. And tell everybody. Let me come over here. He said, here, take, take that, take that, take that, take that, take that. And tell everybody. God doesn't want us keeping secrets about how he blesses us. Because he wants that grace to spread to many and it'll cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. 
Now, let's go one last place and we'll, we'll read this and then we can quit. Because the more people experience the grace of God, the more thanksgiving will abound. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9 is a, it's a text that you know so well. But let's read it within this context now. Understanding that grace causes thanksgiving. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 8. You got it? And God is able, come on, to make all grace abound toward you that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for what? Okay, so when God's grace abounds towards you, you're going to always have all you need. Got it? I'm going to always have everything I need because God's grace abounds towards me. But beyond just having what I need, remember his idea is for grace to spread that will cause many to give God thanks. So the second part of that verse is may have an abundance for every good work. So you have enough for your house and your car and your purse and your food and all your supplies, everything you need, everything you want. But he's giving you an abundance so you can be a blessing to other people. Y'all didn't say anything on that. Can't y'all receive that? I, it's, it's, it's late. I, I'll quit if y'all need to quit. But it's, it's just a few verses. Okay. So watch how grace then works through you for the people. As it is written, he has dispersed abroad. He has given, come on, to the poor. His righteousness... Verse 10, now may he who supplies seeds of the sower and bread for food, now he's doing that by his grace, he's making grace abound towards you, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness or the fruits of your righteous actions. Verse 11, while you are enriched in everything, you read that in the, in the NIV, it says while you are made rich. That's why we confess that for the offering. Why he makes you rich. Grace makes you rich. I'm not, I'm not talking about rich in spirit. Grace will make you rich in your pocket. Well, I wish I had three more amens on that, boy. Now watch this now, because we're working on something here. We're going we're to draw to a close right here. While you are enriched in everything, made rich in everything, for all, for what? So he makes you rich to be liberal. To pass it out. Oh, you can be blessed now. You bless yourself. But the end goal is to pass it out. Which causes... Oh, y'all missed it right there. Which causes... Now, how you get that liberality? Grace abounding towards you. So the grace abounds towards you, makes you rich, so you can be liberal, which causes grace causes thanksgiving. And Matthew said this way, if A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. I'm come over here for all you younger people. If A equals B and B equals C, then A equals C. Grace abounds, makes you rich, makes you liberal, causes thanksgiving. Grace causes thanksgiving. You got it? Through us to God. Let me keep going. Verse 12. 
for the administration or the ministry of this service not only supplies the needs of the saints, not only supplies the needs of the saints, but also, come on, read it, is abounding through many thanksgivings. How do we get there again? Grace. I can stop there, but I won't. Because we're going to end up where we started on November 7th. We've come full circle here. While through the proof of this ministry, they glorify God. For the obedience of your confession to the gospel of Christ, and for your what? With who? So he's going to make you so rich you can share with them and all men. Thank you, Chris. You say you'll take it. Somebody else take that for me today. Just take it. I'll be so rich I can share with everybody. I can share with everybody. I ain't got to choose between who I'm going to help and who I'm going to help. I'm going to help you and I'm going to help you too. And I got enough to help you too and you too over here and not ever go broke. Verse 14. Verse 14, here it is, it's coming to a close. And by their prayer for you, who long for you, why are they thanking God for you? Because of what? Now at the end, that's why he says this exclamatory phrase. Thanks be to God. What's that gift? All the way back in verse 8, grace. That's all I got. Stand on your feet, that's it. Stand on your feet and let's give God a praise right now. Come on, give God a praise right now in this house. Come on, give God a real praise right now. You have received the word of God. That has been a blessing to your life. We've tried it through several messages to end up right back in the same spot. We've come full circle, end up in the same spot. To understand how powerful this grace of God is on the inside of you. Whatever you do in life, do it with the grace of God. How do I do that? How do I, how do I get that grace? By faith. By your words. Father, I'm going to step into that grace right now. I mean, whatever you do, I do hair. Do hair by grace. <laughs> I sell cars. Sell cars by grace. I teach. Teach by grace. Parent by grace. Whatever you do, I see some of the teachers laughing in here. They know you need grace to be a teacher. You're going to work out there, you need grace. Yes. Working with other folks' children, you need grace. Because you can't really put your hands on them the way you really want to. Ooh, ooh, you, better, you, better, you better be. We, we, we just say you better be glad. Folks say you better be lucky. I don't know what that means. You better be lucky. I can't even. So, well, how can I do it? You got to now get a grace. Yeah. 
See, everything you do in life, you can do it by the grace of God. That's enough to take you over, cause you to excel and achieve more than, more than ordinary people. You're the one that he will show the exceeding riches of his grace. You're the one that has access to that. Not the world. Not your counterparts. You have access to that grace. Full of exceeding riches. Thank you, Lord. Yeah, you're a superhero. Put on your cape of grace. How many of y'all have to go to work tomorrow? You're going to go a new person. You're going to go a new person. You better go a new person. Some of y'all off for the week. You, gotta, you still got to go back next Monday. You got to go back. You better go with grace. I won't say what they said up here. Lock hands. Lock hands. Everything the Lord has allowed me, I, I, let me change that. Everything he has enabled me to do, to endure and to do has been for your sakes. Been for your sakes. When I thought I couldn't make it, I remember standing right there in that foyer, staring out that window and at the, one of the worst times in my life as a pastor and the Lord said he's not going to let me fail because I wanted, I wanted to go out those doors and walk out and quit on a Sunday morning before church it's a Sunday morning before church but it's for your sakes and I don't do that or say that for you to uh, esteem me is for you to draw out what you need. Take it. You can take it. You can make it. You can break through. You can come out. You can overcome. You can be victorious. You know that grace is on Paul? In the fourth chapter of Philippians, verse 13, he said, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. How is Christ strengthening him? Grace. You have that inside you. Now, Lord, for these, your people, who you've given me the honor and the privilege of serving, I thank you, Father, that each and every one of them, Lord, we all have our own stories, <laughs> our own accounts, testimonies of things we've been through, things we've endured, things we've, we've overcome, things that you've brought us through. We also may have things that are still present in our lives that we're still awaiting deliverance. But Lord, I speak and I declare by the authority you've given me as your man, to release grace 
in a greater measure, in a greater dimension. For you said in your word, Father, that you give more grace. You resist the proud, but you give grace to the humble. And I speak to every person, for every person today who's humble in this place, humble enough to admit and recognize that they need you. That without you, we can do nothing. That God, everyone who's that humble, that today, Lord, you release and impart more grace. Let grace abound toward them. That they will always have all sufficiency for all things, for all things, for all things, all things, every type of thing, spiritual, physical, emotional, financial, all things. That they may abound to every good work. And I pray, Father, for those who are in a storm and in a battle today, that God, they stand strong and be strong in you and in the power of your might, that they might be strengthened with might by your spirit in their inner man, that God, they be so strong as to stand in the evil day and not waver and not fall. And I pray, Father, that in this place, thanksgiving would abound. That in this place, thanksgiving would erupt. That in this place, thanksgiving will go forth like wildfire, God. That they will, we will be the most thankful people in this city, oh God. Because we know that all of our help comes from you, Lord. The Lord who makes heaven and the earth. All of our help comes from you, Lord. You are our helper. You are sustain our provider, our keeper. And thank you that testimonies will come forth. God, of how your grace brought somebody else out, brought somebody else through, and brought somebody else over. Testimonies of deliverance, addictions broken, bondages broken, bands loose, prison doors open, oh God, lives changed because of the awesome power, the exceeding power of your grace. Now, I thank you that, Father, it is so. As we've spoken, it is done because you said you shall do it. We believe we receive it now in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Put those hands together and give God.